Welcome to Healing Wisdom, a Thursday morning talk show featuring guests sharing their stories and knowledge. We discuss the healing aspects of the arts, metaphysics, social justice, and adventure through all types of terrain. So join me, Pandora Peoples, here on WOMR 92.1 FM in Provincetown and WFMR 91.3 FM in Orleans. We're streaming worldwide at WOMR.org. X marks the strange ways of time. How a century ago can feel like yesterday. And, quote, from this day forward, feels like never. X marks an agreement. Whatever name one uses to refer to the Black Hills, it is unquestionably the place of our beginning. And another X marks this land as ours, unquestionably by treaty. I'm so pleased to have directors Jesse Antoine Schorpel and Laura Tomaselli talking with us about their new film, Lakota Nation versus the United States. It's screening at the Provincetown International Film Festival Sunday, June 18th at 1 p.m. at Water's Edge Cinema. Welcome, Jesse and Laura. Thank you for being with us today. Oh, thank you, Pandora. Pleasure. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. It was a pleasure to watch your film because it's optimistic, it's uplifting, it's a story of resilience, but it documents so much uh, Native American history. So Lakota Nation versus the United States chronicles the Lakota Nation century-long quest to reclaim the Black Hills, which is sacred land, which was stolen in violation of treaty agreements. It's so comprehensive. It's so all-encompassing. We were just talking about how, you know, it could be a 10-hour-long film, but it's a beautiful, succinct film. So tell us about how you came to make this amazing film. You know, I, I think a lot of things were kind of uh, at work, um, things that, you know, creatively were maybe beyond all, any of us who were involved. A lot of things had to line up. And, and I think that at the end of the day, it was the story itself wanted to be told. And I think that um, it just sort of uh, found the right conduits, whether it was uh, Laura, myself, or anybody else that was involved with the project. Everything just kind of started by a news article uh, that one of our producers, uh, ben, Benjamin Hadeen, had read about the court case that the Lakota had with the United States. And just that little uh, news article seemed to be the catalyst that started everything to where we are now. The reason why I got involved was that it really felt, sort of going off what Jesse said, it felt faded in a funny way. I'm kind of a woo-woo type person. And I don't know, when I met Jesse, when I spoke with Jesse, and based on the experience I have in the past working on archival docs, I was just like, if there's any chance I can do this, I would. And we met for the first time. We had our first sort of like director date. I remember in a parking lot of well, some hotel in Rapid City. And we were both, I think the fact that we were both so scared to try and do this, we, we knew that we could, it was the right way to approach it. You know what I mean? 
So you cover everything from countless treaties broken by the government to the creation of Mount Rushmore, to the gold rush, to the kidnapping of children for Indian residential schools, to Standing Rock. There's so much history to tell. Was it dying to tell it all to tell the true full story of the history? I think that it was incredibly daunting. And I think that we could interview people for four more years and have a different movie. But the people that were that we were lucky enough to interview for this film, a lot of which, a lot of whom Jesse is very good friends with. He, he helped us pick these people. It came together in a way where you understood the, how the pieces needed to go together a bit better, because it is both their personal narratives, but how they work into this larger history as a whole. And so that, you know, that was at least a first stepping stone for us to begin to try and address the structure and how much. And there are definitely parts of the history that we tried to put in those scenes that we shot that um, in the interest of making it digestible, watchable for the greatest number of people, you know, we did trim it down for sure. Yeah, yeah. And like Laura said, I think that we knew that the majority of our audience may not had may not have a, a good uh entry point into this history and and so i think that we wanted to cover a couple of things and i think uh, laura executed that because you mentioned it you know we we wanted it to be something that will grab people grab people's attention um especially for two hours and take you through uh, this difficult history, but yet have a sort of a, a very positive and, uh, you know, a, a good uh, direction that we wanted to go in a good tone. And two hours can't justify the amount of people that have committed their lives to keeping the treaties valid and holding the United States or desiring the United States to be held accountable for its transgressions. And those people have come and went ever since the time that warfare dominated this area, which is in the state of South Dakota and, and the area uh, states uh, read the region around. So every single generation that has come since that time of warfare has always wanted to make sure that the United States did what it was going to say it was going to do. And it's just an incredible history. And some of those voices we may never know, you know, um, you know, how they kept carrying this mantle. If we could do just a little bit of uh, justice to any of that, that was our goal. In seeing the film and watching the Hollywood film and TV clips, in seeing the distortions and seeing and in examining the stereotypes of indigenous people of this country. And just throughout the film, it's really easy to understand how we all have been denied the real history from the perspective of indigenous people and how invasive that colonial perspective mentality is in our learning of the history of this country. So have you thought about screening this at schools. Jess did a great screening with a bunch of kids in, where is it, Hot Springs? Am I crazy? Yeah, Arkansas. Yeah. And, and yeah, no, obviously that's one of the overwhelming feedback that we got. You know, people would like to see it in uh, 
universities, colleges that devote themselves to law to help uh, younger students get a get a good glimpse of uh, some of this history because it pertains to everybody. I mean, the, the treaty is a United States uh, federal document. So uh, yeah, all of those things definitely are a recurring theme uh, wherever we go. And I think that that probably will uh, definitely happen, whether it's something we have control over or not. <laughs> um, but, you know, like Laura said, I, I played this film in Arkansas to uh, uh, a large group of young kids who are so far removed, um, Arkansas, um, from South Dakota. And I was nervous, you know, I, <laughs> you know, I, that was a, one of the times I was kind of fairly nervous, you know, and um, I was so uh, surprised that at the end of the film, uh, how many uh, young people wanted to just had questions and, and they seemed to, they, they, they got it and were very, very aware of a lot of the things that were at play in the film. And, and very engaged, and and I think that's a, a feather to a, a a feather in the cap of uh you know everybody that put worked on this film and feather cap to Laura because it is hard to keep people's attention when it comes to history. I mean, it, it's hard to keep things engaging, and um, yeah, they were able to write it out for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and I think. What you're saying is we kind of, Pandora, you picked up on all the Hollywood stuff that we tried to include. And I think part of that was using that kind of language that we're all familiar with, cowboys and Indians, you know, uh, horsebacks, stagecoach battles and stuff like that. But use that language and kind of turn it uh, towards the goal we're trying to achieve, which is like allow people to realize what that kind of film language is doing and then hopefully, you know, our film, we, we tried to make it somewhat of a Western, you know, so we're playing on those kind of tropes anyways, because again, in our first meeting in the parking lot, we're nervously like chain smoking. One of the things we talked about was how do we get around the walls that people have up to thinking that they understand this already, thinking that they maybe shouldn't care about it, it doesn't pertain to them, you know? And I think by showing how, how deeply it's in pop culture, part of that is, you know, a, a large part of the story too, to your point. What kinds of societal changes and reparations can we begin to remedy some of these injustices? I mean, where do you even begin? I'm going to say the dumb thing that I feel first, and then I think Jesse can say something a bit more articulate next, which is as a person that entered that community from New York that knew some of that history, absolutely did not know all of that history, got to hang around with Indian Collective, got to on the 4th of July be in Rapid City when they dropped the flag. I think that I was pretty down on the future, on climate change, on the political climate of our country and stuff like that. And what this movie gave me is this idea that we talk about a lot, Jesse, which is this idea of radical optimism, you know, which is I think the most punk thing you can be right now is optimistic about the future and work towards that change. You know, so in all the Q&As after the film, a lot of people are like, what can I do tangibly immediately? You know, where can I give money? What can I do? And we will have a toolkit. We have a website for all that. But I think it is really just about being inspired by that, by the story and doing the steps that you have within your capacity to work towards justice as you see fit, you know? You know, I, I, I've grown up in South Dakota my whole life. Even from the time I was young, 
uh, and didn't understand, you know, why is there conflict in this state? Why is there a lot of uh, distance between the Lakota people that I grew up with, my own relatives on my one side of my family and relatives on my other side of my family who is non-native? So I never understood where did this come from? And even from the time I was small, it was hard to understand. And and I, too, was not privy to a lot of this uh, history. So it was very confusing for me to understand why there's animosity around where I live. The one thing that I would say is moving forward, I can almost be certain that even if the United States continues to sort of like uh, go play this game where it just won't acknowledge it and will hold it, you know, and more regenerations will continue to pass even long after Laura and I are gone. Then the good thing about at least the people that I grew up with, treaty councils on each reservation in South Dakota, they will always continue to be there. Uh, for generations, they're used to being ignored. They're used to being have a brick wall in front of them. They're used to being told no. Uh, they're used to pe- people not telling, taking them seriously. As far as hey, we want to move, we want to make this right. We want you to do what you said you were going to do, and and make this right. So that that will always continue on, regardless. Back to Laura's point of radical optimism, I think that I actually do feel really good that uh, a solution can come, which is, you know, obviously the land and getting the land back in the control of the Ocheti Shakoi, which is the seventh council fires of the Lakota, Nakota, and Dakota nations. Yeah. And uh, I'm thinking a paradigm shift towards honoring the earth is necessary for climate change to be somewhat alleviated or postponed or <laughs> for, for, for we need a worldwide change in the way that we honor the land. Pandora, I mean, that's one thing that uh, I was blessed to uh, witness in Lakota country here in South Dakota is the idea that interconnectedness is present in everything. It's present amongst even, you know, uh, you're in a different state. Laura's in a different state. There shouldn't be anything that ties us all together. Uh, We're individuals, right? We should, but there is something that connects all of us. It doesn't matter where you're from or, you know, and the same is with the land. We have to really look at the land as not as a commodity, as uh, uh, Milo Yellowhair said in the film, uh, uh, something you can take take from. You, it has to be done. Everything has to be in balance, as if it was an entity or something that's uh, alive. You know, uh, we're all interconnected. Everything. For a great history lesson, Lakota Nation versus United States screens Sunday, June 18th at 1 p.m. at Water's Edge Cinema. It's part of the Provincetown International Film Festival. So folks can check that out. And how can folks find you and your resources online? We have a website. The website is blackhillsjustice.org. 
For a great history lesson, Lakota Nation versus United States screens Sunday, June 18th at 1 p.m. at Water's Edge Cinema. It's part of the Provincetown International Film Festival. Thank you so much, Laura Tomaselli and Jesse Shortbolt for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Pandora. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So thank you so much, Laura Tomaselli and Jesse Shortbolt for joining us today. You've been listening to Healing Wisdom at Outermost Radio. All of our shows are podcasts at WOMR.org. Also check out HealingWisdomRadioShow.com and contact me at Pandora at WOMR.org. theme music is provided by Mazin. You can find her website at mazinmusic.com. That's M-A-E-S-Y-N 